What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBBDFS, and with me as always, Bird and James, and we're ready to do another Saturday morning shoot-around. It is Friday night. How you guys doing? Doing great. Hey, doing good, Joe. How's it going? Doing great. What is everybody up to this evening before prior to us getting on and recording this lovely podcast? Well, I had a full week of work uh, this week. Uh, came home, took the family out to dinner. Uh, my son threw up at the restaurant. Oh, boy. nice. So that was always that's always cool. So we got everybody cleaned up. They're upstairs watching uh, Baking Wars or something like that, I think. And so I just cracked a beer, and it's it's go time. Yeah. What about you, James? Just nachos, nachos straight to beer, straight to podcast. <laughs> straight to arteries. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I had a work happy hour this evening, and the bartender there cracked the code. It was uh, a pitcher deal, and instead of giving me the $4 pitcher of beer, she would give me half in a huge beer mug and then another half of the pitcher later for $4. So they were like $2 mega beers. It was nice. Well, that's fantastic. I know. It was, it was, it was very pleased with this uh, this lady's service. So she went above and beyond. And then today, transition game is going to start out strong. We are going to go above and beyond um, by giving you guys some <laughs> great plays for this Saturday slate. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, hey, um, we're going to do things a little bit different this time. Before we would normally go through the early games or we go through the games one by one, put them in different categories that don't go overboard, the uh, tread water and then the dive in sections. We're going to do that again. But instead of doing that second half section where we just talk about our specific cash plays, our value plays, our bus plays, our GPP plays, we're just going to bring those guys up as we go through the games. Um, One of our uh, followers uh, mentioned that they wanted a little more, a couple more names out of this podcast, you know, more like the write-ups where we give you three or four names per game, as opposed to just 12 or 15 names on an entire podcast. So correct me if I'm missing anything guys, but what we're going to do is we're going to run through each game and kind of bring things up organically in conversation. We'll call out when this guy is someone we have as our bust play this week. So we can keep that competition going amongst ourselves but for the most part, it's just going to be a different look, and we definitely would appreciate any feedback you guys have as far as how this lays out, if, if you liked the change or if you liked it the old way where there were two distinct segments to the pod. Does that, that summarize it pretty well, guys? Yeah, sure. I think that's it. Excellent. Well, we'll get started on that in just a second. Um, first thing I want to do, though, Bird, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have any new podcast reviews, maybe a new rating, right? Yeah, I got a new five-star rating, uh, but no new reviews um, out on iTunes. And our, our website actually is set up for comments, and it, it's rare, and it's not a, a place that we thought we'd get a lot of feedback. But I mentioned last week on our pod that we did get a, a comment on our site, and I got that pulled up, and I want to read that. It's from Tanner Reese. Tanner Reese says, love the podcast and articles. There's hardly any info out for DFS people. You make my research quick and simple with the articles in the podcast. I've taken down multiple contests but mainly have profited 13 times my entry fees and won three tickets to January 14th's $5 contents. Hopefully DraftKings and FanDuel post more contests. Keep up the amazing work. So Tanner Reese, thank you so much for that comment on the site. Those are the type of things that we enjoy the most is getting that type of feedback. Yeah, that's what keeps us going. I mean, those, those comments keep us going. It can be a grind. You know, we're, we're putting in a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort and, you know, just hearing some nice feedback like that, you know, that, that goes a long way. 
But, Bird, James, to be honest, I mean, no one made you write 400 words on an Ivy League game tonight. That was my fault. I got excited. That, <laughs> I, that Ivy League heat, I just couldn't stop writing about. Yeah. Or the Horizon League matchup that I had. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Thanks, DraftKings. <laughs> they they get a little creative on those Fridays. You know, I'm starting to kind of like it. You know, it's almost becoming a part of me like, ooh, what are they going to give us? Well, back in uh, the old days, I remember Bird and I used to bet on Ivy League games uh, on the Friday nights because that was really the only thing going on. Now they've introduced some, you know, the Power Power Five games, and but before we didn't didn't even have those, so we just had to get our get our junkie bets in with the Ivy League. Hey, yeah, James, a lot, a lot of Ivy League bets, a lot of Big West bets. Big West bets, yeah, those were nice. <laughs> James, uh, does the Big Ten have a set day? It seems like there's a Big Ten game every night of the week. Yeah, pretty much. So they've that's kind of shifted, I think, over the years. Um, but since they've gone to the 20 conference game schedule, it seems like they just play constantly. So <laughs> you pretty much find one every night. Awesome. Um, and then one more thing uh, I will say about the slate before we get into some questions that we solicited from the audience is uh, we do have the Big 12 SEC Challenge Saturday. Um, I believe four of the games are on the early slate. So that's something um, that we're all looking forward to. The Big 12 is actually 4-1-1 one, and one in the six years that they've done this competition, which I thought was a little bit surprising. They won it last year, and that's even with that uh, you know, SEC having the likes of number one Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, and some really good teams last year. So uh, that was a nice little nugget I thought I'd throw in there as well. Big 12, I think, is the second highest-rated conference in the nation right now, according to Ken Palm. Baylor is so good. Kansas obviously yeah. is good. Um, West Virginia has been fantastic. So yeah, there's some, there's at least some in Texas tech, obviously very good. So you have four legit, like sweet 16 level teams. So that probably goes a long way. I think that's a little different from the big 10. Big 10 doesn't seem like they have any real elite teams this year, but they've got just a ton of pretty right. good teams. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, more than 10. What was there in bracketology with 12 big 10 teams? Yeah, Bracketology had 12 in. 12 out of 14. It's crazy. That's insane. That's nuts. All right, guys, I don't want us to, to run too long on this whole thing. So I want to get into the questions we solicited um, this morning. And, you know, obviously, guys, thanks for putting them out there. First one came from Mr. 865. Um, he asked, which games do we like tomorrow and our thoughts on ISU and Auburn? We're going to get into that with uh, our game breakdowns. But the third piece of his question, which I want to throw to you, James, is, what 8K forward has the most upside tomorrow? Yeah, so I've got a few guys I like. Uh, I'll touch on three or four of them, and I kind of give one that uh, you know I might like better than the others. But uh, Reggie Perry is a guy that uh, I like. He's been huge. Uh, had a couple of 50-point games here yeah. recently um, in a pretty good matchup against Oklahoma. Garrison Brooks is a guy that uh, has been just doing it all lately for a uh, UNC team that struggled. Uh, but they'll play a Miami front court that has been giving up terrible, uh, huge games to <laughs> terrible, to, to, terrible. To guys Where's the Charles Barkley drop? That's terrible. So I, I really like him. You know, uh, Kofi Coburn, uh, great matchup against Michigan. Uh, Teske has been pretty bad lately. If you go back and look at the games that uh, his opponents have, uh, what they've done to him. And uh, it's it, they've been putting up huge games, huge scores, huge rebounding numbers. So uh, Kofi's coming off a huge Purdue game on the road. I think he's you know his freshman this year. Obviously, he's he's starting to kind of come into his own. So solid matchup there. And then uh, Figueroa, 
um, has a pretty good one too against DePaul. Um, mm-hmm. DePaul not not really known for their defense, so um, no. he's been playing pretty well. So those those are four I like, but uh, I'd say in terms of upside, uh, I like Garrison Brooks quite a bit just based on the matchup there, and that's you know they they need something. UNC needs something. They need to turn it around. Miami clipped him last year. Um, so I, I think that's that's a guy that I like maybe a little more than the yeah. others. I like six straight double-doubles for Brooks. Hard not to like yeah. that. And we'll talk about them when we get into Miami and uh, North Carolina probably quite a bit because there's probably some other plays from that game we like. Bird, the second question here is from Craig Bratton or Brayton. Double A on his last name. Anyways, he wants to know, and I love how he phrased it. He goes, what is the Solomon Young for ISU all about? Yeah, so Solomon Young was a, a former multi-year starter. Uh, he's been moved to the bench recently. And I think the bigger issue here is Michael Jacobson has been just absolutely horrible. So there's mm. certainly an opportunity right now. Um, he has adopted this role off the bench, uh, brought a ton of energy, a ton of rebounding. And I think as long as he continues to bring that energy and rebounding, he's going to get the minutes. I think he got 30 minutes last game. You know, this was kind of a one-game outlier. Uh, 27 so and 9. Sample size is kind of low. And it's a tough matchup um, at Auburn, but I certainly like him a lot more than Jacobson. And I think how poor Jacobson's been is the reason why Solomon's got a great chance to exceed value. And he missed some time due to injury or something, right? Because there was a yep. big gap uh, between his sophomore and junior season, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he sat out a year and then uh, came back, started for a while, and, and then got sat down. And he did talk about, he had a quote where he kind of likes the uh, to watch the game a little bit, get a feel for how the tempo of the game is. Uh, get his legs stretched out a little bit, and when he comes in, he's just instant instant energy, uh, which Iowa State really needs. That's smart. That's smart. I like that. That's a very mature answer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our games. Um, we, we've kind of covered our questions. We've kind of touched on our new reviews. We, we exchanged pleasantries. Now let's get into what people really want, and let's start with uh, our same grouping. Um, so these are – we got two games, right, Bird, in the don't go overboard section. So why don't you set up the first one for us? Clemson at Louisville. Louisville is a 12-point favorite with an over-under of 126. And then Missouri at West Virginia. West Virginia is a 14-point favorite with an over-under of 132. And, uh, you know, James, even though that, that Louisville game is an over-under of 126, uh, a couple teams that play really, really slow tempo, still may be some value out there, especially uh, depending on how the injury news breaks. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, a guy that I, I like, and really like, especially due to an injury potentially, is uh, Stephen Enoch. Uh, his minutes have been kind of getting usurped lately by Malik Williams, uh, who's been playing fantastic. Uh, Malik Williams went down with a knee injury in the last game. Uh, he's very questionable for the game tomorrow. Um, so we're, we're not really sure. It's something to keep an eye on there for sure. But if he's out, um, Enoch, who's been battling uh, basically fever and flu symptoms the last couple of weeks, uh, says he feels great now, and so that's a guy that could get a ton of minutes in a extremely favorable matchup for him. Uh, so I, that's somebody I, I like in that game, even in spite of kind of the bad matchup overall in the in the low totals. Right, uh, but James, and then just to be clear, this is going to be your official GPP selection, right? So this is someone you think could go five x tomorrow. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, and then Bird, you got a guy in this game as well that you have listed for our our little competition. Yep, I've got a value play in David Johnson, a guard at 4,500 for Louisville. Uh, everybody kind of remembers he had that breakout game a week ago against Duke where he dropped 42 DK points. Um, he did hurt his shoulder late in that game, came back and played well uh, in limited minutes against Georgia Tech. Um, he's had 4X in three straight games, including the almost getting 10X 
against Duke. And I think I think Chris Mack is, is smart enough to say, hey, with, with David Johnson on the, on the court, I think we have a higher ceiling. I think Louisville ceiling increases uh, compared to some of the, those other guard options. So I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that he gets more minutes um, on Saturday at home as a big favorite. You know, why wouldn't you play the guy that, that gives you the, the most upside uh, in, in that guard position? But we're not done. We're not done there yet either, because uh, James, your official bust pick. Now, bust is someone that we think is gonna fall under that value, f- under four times their value, and uh, your bust is here in this game as well. That's correct. Yeah, I'm looking at Tevin Mack. Um, he's going for 6,300 tomorrow, and you know, really, what it boils down to with him, he he's been playing better lately, better in conference, I would say, not necessarily lately, lately, but you know, he's a guy that's kind of stepped into that scoring role. He's kind of matured a little bit, but uh, he only had 11 DraftKings points in his last game, had 20 DraftKings points the day before, uh, game before that. Uh, so he's been struggling a little bit. Louisville, obviously one of the better defenses in the ACC. And, you know, that's a guy I think they're going to try to, you know, make sure they put the clamps on and, and not allow to get a lot of shots up. And he needs a lot of shots in order to really hit value. So that, that, that's a guy that I'm, I'm going to fade for sure. So under 4x, that what would that be? 6,300, he, he, under 25 points probably for Tevin tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Bert, tell us a little bit about the West Virginia Mizzou. You said West Virginia is playing well earlier in the pod. They're a big favorite at 14 points. Um, I know Mizzou's SEC, which is my my territory, but uh, what's West Virginia got cooking this year? Yeah, before we jump into that game, I, I, Joe, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Jordan Wara. Uh, he hasn't hit <laughs> he hasn't hit 4x in four straight games and yeah. you started the year off as a known Louisville hater uh, you thought that they were oh, way God. overranked I, uh, I, I believe you've called war a soft in the past oh boy and, and uh, so I just wondered face? what your thoughts were no I would never do that I'm not an idiot <laughs> <laughs> his dad did like one of our tweets last year so I think yeah. we liked him last year but he just he doesn't seem to have that uh, that alpha mentality to, to take that's, over a game. We technically said that uh, Jordan Wara is, uh, we didn't, we never called him soft. We just said that we wish there was a little more dog in him, I believe was the exact uh, conversation um, that the way we, the way we pitted it. Now I like that Jordan Wara is 8,100 and not 8,600. No, he has not hit value since January 7th, but he is at a season low price point. And uh, I think he's getting closer to playable. Clearly a talented player. This game against Clemson is a game that I think he should dominate, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, one, one interesting note about him is his shot share, what we call it, or shot percentage, basically the percentage of shots that, uh, that he takes of his team's total shots when he's on the floor, has dropped uh, 5% since he's gotten into conference. It's definitely some other guys that have been stepping up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he ha- hasn't been as dominant as he was earlier in the season for sure. Yeah, and part of that's David Johnson's a ball hog when he's on the court. I think he's shooting like twenty nine percent shot ratio. So <laughs> exactly, uh, uh, that could be part of it too. Mizzou, West Virginia, Bird. Tell me, tell me what's going good with West Virginia and Bob Huggins' crew right now. Well, they're awesome at home. That's step one. Uh, top three defense in the nation. Number one overall in effective field goal percentage on defense. We've got two monsters down low. Uh, it's just a team you don't want to go visit. Uh, they are just they're an animal at home. Uh, they're playing well. They do have a lot of balance uh, overall on that team. Uh, I like Shibway at home always. I think he's only 7,400 on the slate. Uh, so I think he's a very viable play. 
at forward against a Missouri team that's missing Tillman. Joe, what are your thoughts on, on Missouri just in general? I know they've been really struggling in conference so far this year. Uh, they, they've been struggling, and uh, the one thing we can do is look for value, right? Whenever a team misses a key player like Tillman being out for Missouri, you naturally like, okay, well, who's picking up the forward minutes? You know, um, Reed Nico, Nico, Nico uh, has been starting at the five, but he's not doing much with his time. Mitchell Smith, one of the 40 Smiths on that mm-hmm. team, um, is uh, probably picked up the most minutes for Tillman, but hasn't done much with it. Um, a guy I do like, though, for just 4200 tomorrow, if you're looking to save some money, is Kobe Brown. He missed last game um, under the weather with this flu that everyone seems to be getting and taking a day off. Um, but before that last game that he missed, he went 4X, 5X, 5X. Now, he's a 6'7 freshman. I think he'll get bullied by the bigs of West Virginia, as most people do. But at the same time, the opportunities there and the talents there for Kobe Brown, 4200 if if you're looking to save some money tomorrow. Yeah, nice one, Joe. I like that. I know one one person I, I, I don't like, uh, and he's actually my bust pick, Drew Smith from Missouri. And nice transition. Set, yeah, thank you. Guard at 7,600. And Drew Smith's got 37 DK in three of his last four, which is which is pretty awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the facts. We like facts. Let's give some facts. Yeah. So second lowest over under on the slate. Check. Uh, West Virginia, number three overall in defense on Kempom, number one effective field goal percentage. No team since December 2nd has scored 60 points at West Virginia. Wow, uh, Drew, that's a good fact. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew Smith's usage rates, less than 20%. Tiny, on the season? Right? Yeah, for the um, season. He's under 20%. He's like 19.6% usage uh, as, as a player who's 7,600. He uh, makes a, a, his living at the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia does three, foul a lot, right? They do. That's my only risk. Like if Drew Smith gets 20 uh, free throw attempts... Obviously, I'm screwed, but I'm hoping maybe home whistles will, will be in our favor here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri's current form we just talked about is horrible. One and five in conference, uh, one and four on the road this year. And another fact about Missouri, they're they're known quitters. You can look <laughs> that up. They're, they're that's, quitters, the Jay, right? that, that, that's the Jayhawk fan. That's oh. a fact, though. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's undeniable. So just they're playing bad right now, and and Drew Smith at 7600 needs to hit like 30 DK points on the road at West Virginia, and I just I just don't see that happening. Right, and that's all you had to say without the quitter comment. Let's let's keep it clean. Between having an Illinois guy and a Kansas guy, Missouri doesn't have much of a chance on this podcast. That's why I have to take the SEC just so someone says something about that's them. That's true. Good news uh, is they don't have any fans, so. <laughs> If we had any co-fans with Missouri, then we lost them, thanks to you guys. So, I will say Columbia is a fantastic city in general. Columbia is super nice. Uh, a lot of great places, a lot of great restaurants to go to. Been there several times. Very, very nice city. Like, like Columbia a lot. Good save, but we're going to put a bow on this Mizzou and West Virginia conversation right now because we got to get to the more fun games. we got to get to the games that are going to have a lot more exposure, or a little more exposure at least, because we're talking about our tread water section. These are the games we want some exposure to because we just like them a little bit more. Um, and, Bird, what, what, we have four games in this section, so what, what's leading off our tread water section? Uh, so we have Nova at Pro- Providence. Uh, Nova's actually, per Ken Palm, is a two-point favorite with an over/under of 138. And uh, Joe, you're our you're our Big East guy. Uh, any any thoughts on that specific game? Providence can't score. Um, 
I, Providence is in trouble. I mean, not, it's do or die now for Providence. If you remember last year, Xavier made a real nice run late in the year to try to make a push, and they came up a little bit short. Providence kind of in that same boat right now where they've fumbled through the beginning part of the season, and now all of a sudden they're up against it. And the main problem for them is they, they, they can't shoot the basketball. They're shooting 32% from three and 45% from two. Um, now Villanova isn't a world beater on defense. Providence is just just a mess. I mean, Alpha Diallo is a known commodity, and he gets buckets by default. But even he's not a fluent scorer. On the other side of the other side of the house, um, Villanova. The best thing about Villanova is it's six guys. You know, Jay Wright has a very thin bench. Um, you have the same starting four, and then uh, Cole Swider and uh, more alternate basically as six man, depending on if they want to play bigger or smaller. One of those two is the fifth guy on the floor at all times. So Villanova, I like how they're priced this tonight. I think everybody's fairly priced. Samuels has started to come up and he's a little more fairly priced for Villanova. You're, you're pretty safe going with one of those guys. If you want exposure to this game. Yeah. I'm a paid spokesman for Samuels and he's got 30 DK and three straight games, even though his price is up to 6,500. I think he's still value. He's just, so yeah, such a safe play. Yeah, and he ends up playing the two sometimes when they go big. He's very very versatile player for someone who's six seven and um, is listed as a forward. He can do a lot of different things for that team. It's nice to see um, Robinson Earl kick off some of that freshman rust and get a little bit back to form. Um, Sadiq Bay is capable of monsters, and then Gillespie's just really the, the the steady Eddie on that team. That's their game in and game out. Hey James, any any Alpha Diallo thoughts? I know he's He's had a pretty up and down game logs. We we know he's a great player, especially from last year. He did a little bit of everything at home in a do or die game. Any thoughts on Diallo? He's basically the whole show. Mm-hmm. He, he has had some rough games. Played a team uh, Creighton that you know you'd think he'd have a monster game. Uh, shot very poorly in that game. Didn't really do anything else. Uh, only ended up with 17 DK. So I think the possibility that he falters is is there, although. Being at home, being such a big game, probably the likelihood that he lays a complete egg is probably pretty low. Yeah. Hey, and one more, guys. If you want another cheapo, I found another one in this one that uh, I think I should pass along to the Bucketheads. Greg Gant is a four-star freshman who's really kind of been buried on that Providence bench. And if they are starting to look towards the future a little bit, this freshman started its last three games. He's gotten about 27 minutes in each on average. Um, and he's gone 5x and t- had two 3x's in those games. So for $4,000, getting a freshman at home in a in a fun spot who's kind of coming into his own and getting good minutes might be a, a chance for him to see show what he can do against an elite Big East team in Villanova. Yeah, I like that, Joe. Nice one. So one of the other games we have in this uh, kind of this treadwater section is is Mississippi State at Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is a one-point favorite with an over/under of 139. And Brady Mannick's been going bananas for Oklahoma lately. I don't see him having as much fun against Reggie Perry, even though he's more of a perimeter-oriented perimeter five. Uh, but, Joe, any thoughts on that game? Yeah, yeah, definitely have thoughts on that game. Um, I love Reggie Perry, <laughs> as we all know. Um, and, Mannick, I'm surprised you couldn't come up with uh, – uh, a manic pun about how he's been playing like a maniac. Yeah, no? that's not bad. It's not bad. It could use some work. But yeah, uh, he's at a season high price point at 8100. So he's been playing great. But I, again, I, I Mississippi State's playing really well right now. I mean, they they had a nice little three game homestand and just destroyed everyone in their path. So 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure Oklahoma's going to fare too well on this one, to be honest with you. I know that they're a one-point favorite, but it's not a true home game. It's in Oklahoma City. Um, I could see Reggie Perry putting on a show. I'm not sure that Doolittle's got really that kind of size, or Manic has that kind of low-post defensive skills to hold him down. James mentioned Reggie in the beginning, um, talking about forwards over 8K. Back-to-back 51 burgers is hard to ignore. Um, he's had a ton of double-doubles in a row. Um, he's in good form, um, so I, I really like him. And then finally, I think Robert Woodard, who's listed as a guard, but he kind of plays a 3-4 for Mississippi State. I think he can be a real matchup problem in this one because where Doolittle can't match up with Perry on the block, he also can't chase Woodard around on the perimeter. And he's someone who brings some rebounding upside and uh, it's someone I, I really like as well. Yeah, and if you're looking for a value play from Oklahoma, uh, Debian Harmon is 4,800. His price has dropped a little bit, and he plays 30, 35 minutes a game. Mississippi State is 297th in turnover percentage, and Debian Harmon was really billed as a this elite defender, so may have some steal upside, a guy who's going to be on the court all game at home. So he, he could be somebody, if you, if you need to plug in some value in your lineup, uh, he's a potential option too. And then, and Bird, you got a play you like out of this game a little more specifically? I do. I have one of my cash game plays is Nick Witherspoon. Uh, he's a guard from Mississippi State at 6,400. And he's had basically 4X in six of his last seven games. He plays over 30 minutes a game, coming off 30-plus DK points and back-to-back. Uh, he had eight assists a few games ago. He had six boards uh, a game ago. Gets a steal or two. So he's not somebody who's just scoring dependent. He can do a little bit of everything. But he does have 26% usage, 29% assist rate over the last six games. And Oklahoma likes to play fast, so this is a pace-up game. And with that high floor, uh, I think Nick Weatherspoon could be could be a really good play uh, at, at Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I like that. I think he's a safe safe play, too. Um, real safe floor. And that team's, when he's going well, that team is really hard to beat. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for in those cash. That what we, we label that cash lineup is that kind of 4X number. Uh, if you're playing a heads up or a 50, 50 tournament, uh, you know, you want to score at least that 200 points should keep you at least in the hunt for cashing in those. Uh, you really want to just try to avoid those eggs and play some guys who have a high floor, uh, that, that still have some ceiling along with it. And, and, and it's worth noting as well that you mentioned that Oklahoma is going to pace up Mississippi state, but their last couple of opponents have all been pace up teams too. So this isn't going to shock their system. These are, you know, they've, they recently played, uh, Alabama who's speed racing, Georgia who's speed racing, you know, so Mississippi state is played in this mode all for a week or two and, uh, they, they should be ready for that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, we think about those teams and we're going to be playing a little bit faster, uh, moved to the Big Ten, a uh, conference that typically plays a little <laughs> bit slower. And uh, Illinois, the what, second place in the Big Ten, fighting Illini. First, uh, Michigan State tied, lost. Tied for first. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, James. Tied for first place after stomping Purdue. <laughs> See what I did there, James? <laughs> uh, nice. Illinois, so Illinois is at Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a three-point favorite, over-under of 139. And we will not be seeing Zion Griffin since he stepped on a Purdue player and is out for two games. James, <laughs> ILL for the win here? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Michigan needs a win badly. Uh, Liver's been out for a while and not quite sure when he's going to come back. But uh, it's a guy they desperately miss, his shooting. You know, Illinois has got, you know, they got the, the mojo right now. So we'll see if they can keep it going on the road. First thing I want to say is uh, – 
Uh, condolences to the family of Robert Archibald, former Illini. Uh, his passing was announced today. Uh, so it's kind of a sad, sad day for Illinois fans. But no, I think they, they got a good matchup there. And we talked about Kofi Coburn, uh, who's really starting to kind of come into his own. The, the team's really finding ways to, to get the ball to him underneath and get him involved. And he's just a complete load. Teskey's, we, we talked about, has, has really struggled there. You know, it's a Michigan team that's got some veterans. They've got some proven shooters and, you know, they can they can go off at any any moment. So could go either way. But, uh, you know, I, I like the Illini to to get it done there. And I think, Joe, you've got a bus play in this game, right? I do. I do. Um, and I went with Andres Felice. Felice uh, is one of those guys. And I think we have a guy like this we mentioned on every podcast who had some really great games to start the season and pricing just hasn't adjusted down to what he is. Um, he hasn't hit 4X his $6,100 price which again, that's 21.4 fantasy points. So he, or excuse me, he hasn't hit 24.4 fantasy points since the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So okay. this is a guy who's um, a good player, plays a lot of minutes, does a lot of things that Illinois needs, but ultimately he hasn't been that 35, 40 DK guy that he was in the first couple of games in November. And he just hasn't been that guy since Thanksgiving. So my bust play um, is Felice. I think he comes in under 24.4. Yeah, I think that's a really good play. He's, you know, the team's kind of gone a different direction, I would say, you know, and he he's just not as impactful, uh, particularly on the offensive end as uh, some of the other guys are at this point. So um, I think that's a really good play. The pricing just hasn't hasn't adjusted for him. Looking at game logs, uh, staying in this in this matchup, it looks like Franz Wagner is getting all the minutes he can handle these days. Is that someone on your radar at 5700? Yeah, he always is. Actually, if you go back, <laughs> read our articles, and uh, you know, Bird and I have discussed him in the past too. Um, that's a guy that's uh, played really well. He's a freshman, you know. So I, th- I think definitely the only thing that uh, when Libras comes back, probably going to cut into his minutes a little bit. So whenever that happens, you just have to be aware. But um, no, he's been terrific, and I think at this point, you know, you just keep keep playing him. Awesome. And then Bird, we got one more game in this section, correct? We do. Uh, LSU is at Texas, and LSU is a one-point favorite with a surprising over/under of 145. Felt a little bit higher yeah. to me. Um, yep. I'll, I'll kind of start here with Texas. Uh, Kamaka Hepa and Gerald Odell are both out for Texas. Uh, Hepa's been starting at that power forward position, and he's actually been doing a pretty good job. But I think this this is going to lead to two things: either Shaka Smart's going to play small, play four guards which means Andrew Jones is going to get a lot more minutes. He's already getting 30 minutes or so right now. Uh, Andrew Jones is priced at 5K uh, on the Saturday slate. So I think he's going to be maybe a safer option than he's been. He's going to really have a stable 30, 35 minutes. I also think you could see a little bit more Kai Jones. And Kai Jones is a 6'11 freshman, was a four-star player. Uh, He's only priced at 3,900, really long, really athletic, can block a lot of shots. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. Uh, as, as somebody with, with some upside, maybe a flyer that you could play in a tournament. And I also think Jericho Sims is probably going to have to play almost the full game uh, with with Hepa out and with Liddell out. And they just they've lost a lot of front court depth. Uh, Will Baker's just not a very good player yet. And so I think Sims is going to have to play quite a bit um, along with uh, Jones and and uh, Jones. Yeah, I like I like Sims a lot too. That was the name I circled on the Texas side, kind of looking into your Big 12 world. I think 
that LSU is going to struggle with his size. You know, they they are a little small in the post. Um, Trendon Watford is 6'10", but he's more of a point forward wing type of player. Um, so that leaves you Days and Emmett Williams, who both go about 6'7", long and athletic as can be, but not the physical stature of a Jericho Sims. And I think, you know, that that's that's definitely an advantage there. So I like that call for Sherbird. Yeah, and it's must-win time for Texas. Shaka's underachieved for way, way, way too long, so they need to start putting some wins together uh, ASAP. I need to, uh, yeah, I need to see some tweets that say Texas is back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the Texas is not back tweets that we've been getting a lot lately, though. Those are fun. Yeah. On the LSU side of things, though, in this game, um, there's a name I want to share with you guys. This is actually my GPP play. This is the guy I think is going to go for 5X, and that's Marlon Taylor. He's a guard for LSU. He's 4,200. LSU isn't a particularly deep team. We talked about the front court of uh, uh, Williams, Watford, and Days. Um, the back court is essentially Skylar Mays and Javante Smart. They used to have a sixth man, Charles Manning Jr. He got hurt, and that opened the door for Marlon Taylor, who's my play, my GPP play. Uh, Marlon Taylor is a guard at 4,200. He's 6'6". He plays the 2-3. He plays a wing. Um, but when Charles Manning Jr. got hurt, Taylor stepped in and really assumed all of his minutes. And uh, since then, in two full games in this role, he's had 26.5 DK and 27.3 DK, both games getting around 30 minutes. He only needs 21 to get 5X to qualify as a win in our competition for me calling out a GPP. So I really like Marlon Taylor here um, from LSU if you're looking for a cheap option to to not only have a safe floor, but also some some nice proven upside. In the game that we play, we, we have to pick, you know, each have to pick a player for value. Um, I think we all immediately went to Taylor and said, wow, 4,200, that price really stands out uh, as a freak athlete who's now getting a ton of minutes. Right. Um, but overall, I think that'll be an interesting game. Uh, it's one of those games where LSU has a good O going against Texas, who has a good D. But then on the other side of the ball, LSU has a sus- suspect defense, and Texas has a floundering offense. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see which side rises to the occasion, or if if one uh, one team rolls through the other, or if this stays as close as uh, Ken Palm and Vegas are probably thinking. Yeah, those Texas guards, Ma- uh, Matthew Coleman. Uh, I think he's still priced a little too high. Uh, Courtney Ramey is a guy who can always get hot. He's your standard boomer bust uh, GPP op- option. And, and Fibra should play a lot too, and he's kind of similar, just boomer bust play. Uh, don't Not in love with any of those guys, but I could see why you may put them in your lineup in a fast-paced game against an LSU team that's probably not the most disciplined defensive team in the nation. No, they are not. So that puts a bow on our tread water section. We want a couple of plays from those games. We have some nice totals, um, but definitely some nice players in those sections. Our last group has three games in it. This is the section we want to dive in and really expose ourselves to. So, Bird, uh, what do you what do you see first in the dive in section? Uh, the first one we have is St. John's at DePaul. DePaul is a five point favorite with an over under of one forty five. And Joe, you're the Big East guy. Uh, Paul Reed. Uh, Charlie Moore, both get a ton of usage, both at home. Uh, not a scary matchup, up-tempo game. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, tons of tempo in this one. Um, this one will be super, super fast. These teams are 17th and 11th in the nation in average possession length. So when they get the ball across half court, it's going up relatively quickly. This is the second time these two met. Um, St. John's won the first meeting at home. Um, that was a 74-67 game. I think this game goes a little bit over. 
Uh, in that first game, surprisingly, Paul Reed wasn't very good. Um, he's been over 40 DraftKings points in every Big East game, except for the St. John's matchup where he was a little not so good. I think he had four points and 10 rebounds. I do really like Charlie Moore in this game. In fact, I have him listed as my safe cash play. Charlie Moore, your former Jayhawk, former Cal Golden Bear, he's at a 7,900 right now, and he almost had a triple-double the first time these two teams played. I think he had 14, 8, and 12. I think he's uh, knows how to attack this defense. He's shown he, he could the first time, and uh, with him being at a $7,900 price point, being at home, uh, this is this is a guy I want a piece of. Yeah, he's got the keys to the engine there, and he has just so much usage. Uh, like you talked about, assist upside, uh, three-point upside at home. Uh, makes a lot of sense in an up-tempo game. It does. And James mentioned LJ Figueroa at the beginning uh, of the pod as one of those forwards over 8K. And my note I wrote on him is like, there's nothing not to like about LJ Figueroa in this game. That's that's just, I mean, I don't know what else I can say. Yeah. I, I also, I think Rasheem Dunn, I think you'd mentioned he had a, had a pretty good game the first time around. Uh, interesting stat about DePaul is in conference right now, they're giving up 66% for assists on made field goals uh, to the other team. So, you know, if you look at a guy like Rasheem Dunn, who's sort of the floor general, highest assist rate on the team, doesn't have to maybe be quite as scoring dependent to hit values at 6,400 right now, but he's also taking about 13, 15 shots a game. Uh, that might be a guy that, uh, you know, you look at in either a cash or a GPP position, I would think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And at 6,400, that's a very playable price. Mustafa right. Heron is 6,500. He's a little scoring dependent, but DePaul doesn't play a lot of defense. Um, so it's hard to think, it's hard to assume he's not going to get his. Um, some other players in this game, Jalen Butts, the forward for DePaul, he had a really good meeting the first time, but he missed the last game with an illness. We'll monitor his status and update the bucket heads if we see anything. I like him if he's in, especially at 6,200. Um, but if he's out, the guy who started for him is Nick Ongenda, O-N-G-E-N-D-A, Ongenda. Um, but he's 3,400. He started for him last game. and He was just a real active freshman who's got a lot of talent, but he's super raw. So that was a name to keep in the back of your mind if for some reason butts can't go. I think you nailed that name, Joe. I think you that was pronounced perfectly Angenda, Angenda. yeah so Angenda seems like you a good value play if Butts is out and uh you know per our agenda our next game on the list is ISU at Auburn how about <laughs> nice. that transition that was really good <laughs> but uh Auburn eight point home favorite with an over under of 148 against Iowa State uh Iowa State's last four road games they've only scored 65 points They've allowed 75 points during those games. Auburn has won its last 10 home games. They're averaging 85.5 points at home, and they're only giving up 67.3. So that's why Auburn's an eight-point favorite, but it does have a nice juicy over-under. Joe, I think you've got a value play here, and we can talk a little bit more about this game in general. Yeah, Tuesday, if if you were playing the Tuesday slate and or watching just a bunch of college basketball, you probably saw some highlights of a, a guy named Devin Cambridge just going off for Auburn. Devin Cambridge is a 6'6 freshman, of course, and he had 26-5 and five for 35.3 DK points. He's only $3,900 uh, Saturday, and I think that type of outburst on Tuesday is going to merit 
some extra minutes, obviously. I mean, even Bruce Pearl can see that. This is a guy who is getting four minutes a game. All of a sudden, he gets 21 minutes and goes off. And this isn't just a shooter who went 11 of 12 from deep. He was hitting from downtown six of nine, I believe. But he had a tip dunk. He had five other rebounds. He's a he's a long athletic player, so it's someone who can do a, a couple of things. Auburn isn't a particularly deep team, which is a theme I th- feel like I'm saying a bit um, tonight. But Auburn is not a very deep team, and they need some more firepower, especially in the backcourt. So Devin Cambridge at 3,900 is my value play because I think he's going to get 4x just on the chance to repeat that performance. Does that make sense? Just you have to give him an opportunity to see what he's got after he has a game like that. Yeah, yeah and I, I think uh, that kind of segues nicely into my value play, which is Solomon Young. I won't go into a lot of detail about him because I think Bird uh, captured uh, our, our thoughts on him pretty well. But it's a guy that you know shot 15 th- free throws in this last game at 43 DK in Oklahoma State, 30 minutes. Is he going to do it again? Devin Cambridge, don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. You, you take a chance on him, but you'd rather take a chance on a guy that's 4,500. That's a risk that we're willing to take. Um, obviously, he could do nothing or he could do half. If he does half of what he did before, I think you're in pretty good shape. So that's uh, definitely a chance there. But I think those are two guys that are sort of in the same sort of position. That's all our value plays. David Johnson, uh, Cambridge and Solomon Young, all guys that played really well last game. If you're the coach of that team, you you have to give that another look. I mean, that you just you can't yeah, turn right. an eye to the to the the ceiling that they offered your team. And they need the teams that need what they provided, right? For sure. Burp- and Auburn's Burp- needed uh, a little bit of health too. And James, I know you have uh, another play from Auburn that I think you liked uh, tonight. Yeah, Samir Doty uh, is a guy I like. Is my cash play uh, right now? He's at 6,600. And I I love I love finding guys in this price range. And I love talking about him. You know, a lot of the guys that are up in that, you know, 7,000 plus 8,000, you know, those guys get talked about a lot and they should. But it's nice to to find those guys in that middle range sometimes. And he's a guy that is averaging at home a hair over 4x a game. So at cash play, you'd have to feel incredibly comfortable with him. Obviously playing in a, a game with a healthy over under. He's averaging about 12 uh, field goal attempts in the last several games he's played. It's best three-point shooter uh, on the team. He's taken about 24% of the shots, uh, and he leads the team in minutes. So uh, he's a guy, and I know, Joe, that you've, you feel the same way about him too, but I, I think you, you look at him, you look at the matchup, the game, the price, and that's a guy that you can probably stick in cash, GPP, and, and feel pretty good about. Yeah, you can, and he, he was in a little bit of a funk, and uh, having watched that game on Tuesday, it looked like he was coming out of it. Being at home helped. This game's at home. Um, ISU isn't much of a defensive team. So, um, yeah, I would I would agree with that play. And then, Bird, I want to flip to you because you're our Big 12 guy. I have not played Halliburton this year, but I've watched and admired from afar. What makes him so good, and is 9,200 too much? 9,200 is, in my opinion, too much on the road uh, against an Auburn team that's pretty good defensively. Uh, what makes Halliburton so good is he's the best passer in college basketball, and it's not even close. Uh, his vision is unbelievable. Uh, his shot's a little janky. He's an acceptable <laughs> scorer, but he is just an absolute phenomenal passer, a good rebounder, a long, long kid who can get some steals. I love him as a player. Um, I don't feel like at 9,200 this is the spot for him to, to, to roll with, but um, you look at like uh, he played at Texas Tech two games ago, had 22 DK points. Um, played against Kansas at home, 21 DK points. 
So I just I right. think he has a little bit harder time uh, in these in these tougher matchups, especially on the road. And Auburn has all that length that mm. can actually give him problems. You know, usually he's got a six-two guy on him. Uh, Auburn should be able to run some athletes at him, some longer players at him, and and make it a little bit harder for him to be successful. I I, I agree with that. All right, last one, last one we got on here, Bird. What we got? Miami at North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is a four-point favorite with the highest over/under on the slate of 150. Uh, Cole Anthony is out uh, officially, so we don't have to worry about him. Brandon Robinson, I think, is still questionable. Uh, he had that car wreck a couple days ago, a week ago, yeah. uh, so he's got some issues with that. Uh, we love to play against Miami's defense because they're horrible. Fortunately, UNC also horrible. So, James, <laughs> ACC expert, can you can you sift through the trash here and, and help us? Yeah, for sure. One of those games that you know last year was it was sort of an exciting game. Uh, between these two they went to overtime uh, Chris likes had a monster I, I think I, I do like him again uh, in this game just simply because that's just what he's made for <laughs> or these types of matchups and so they actually are a little bit better lately they still lack depth Keith Stone's been out uh, which has really been a problem for them they've gotten a little bit of help from Miller uh, who's been pretty decent. He had uh, 30 DK uh, at Duke. Their last game had 13 rebounds, 13 points in that game. Um, so he's a guy that's starting to kind of take advantage of a little more minutes that he's getting and getting a little bit more comfortable in the offense. Um, so that, that could be a guy that you look at. Obviously, UNC's got a pretty formidable front court, but someone you can keep in mind, he's 4,900, so you're not going to break the bank on him. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Garrison Brooks at the top of the show with the forwards over 8K, um, and the narrative that we've been on for a while is smash front court players against Miami and Bird. I think you, you're you're in that camp as well today, right? Uh, yeah, I, I like another forward in that game. If you have the money to play Brooks at 8,500, just do it. That that's awesome. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit more savings, Armando Baycott is 6,600. Uh, Baycott actually has higher usage. Better offensive rebounding rates, uh, defensive rebounding rates, and block rates than Garrison Brooks does. Uh, the only difference is Garrison Brooks plays more minutes. However, uh, Armando Baycott's minutes have gone up 10% since conference play has started. And he's shown uh, that 5x upside in the past. He's got a 30-plus DK in three of his last four games. I know, James, you talk about uh, Miami being exposed down low. This is the highest over-under on the slate. So there should be plenty of possessions, plenty yeah. of opportunity for Baycott to smash here. Uh, against that weaker uh, Miami front line. Um, I think you can also look at Leaky Black at 5,600. Yeah. I think he's had 20 DK in his last four or five games. Uh, you're not getting Michael Jordan there, but you are getting a guy who has to play max minutes. Um, and it's yeah. always nice to play a guy max minutes at home uh, in a potential shootout. Yeah, and he doesn't need to score at all and doesn't score, so don't don't get it <laughs> twisted. But uh, he can fill it up across the line, and uh, you have to feel very comfortable with him in a cash game. Uh, one thing I'll note on Baycott that uh, a little bit of risk with him. I think it's a terrific matchup, and I totally agree with Bird. Uh, he has gotten into f- some foul trouble uh, as a freshman, big and not uncommon. Uh, so it, you can run into that, and that stinks. Uh, you never see it coming, and somehow it happens to you when you when you play that guy. But uh, that's a little bit of risk with him. But if he can stay in the game, keep the fouls down, uh, terrific matchup for him. Awesome. 
Well, guys, that kind of puts a bow on it. I think we've run a little bit longer than our normal pods, but we've given you a lot more names than we normally do. So please let us know what you think about this format versus the old format. We did, within our conversation, give you uh, our three cash plays, value plays, GPP, and bus plays. Our cash guys, just recapping, were Nick Weatherspoon, Charlie Moore, and Samir Doty. Our value plays, our, our, our good value guys, were David Johnson, Devin Cambridge, and Solomon Young. The GPP guys, the guys we think are going to go above and beyond, are Baycott, who we just talked about, Marlon Taylor from LSU, and Enoch um, from Louisville. And then finally, our bus group was Drew Smith, Andres Felice, and Tevin Mack. Those are the guys we want you to stay away from. Our competition has been gotten tight. I had a three of four last time we did this, and right now, James Bird and myself are all knotted up at 25 apiece. Um since uh, we went 11 of 12 a month ago, we've been hovering around 50% on our predictions. Uh, on the year, we're at 57%. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel pretty good about uh, our selections today. 12 for 12. 12 for 12 would be real nice. Yeah, that'd be really good. And and I do like the format. I think we, we at least are able to hit on more players. Uh, so please let us know your feedback on that. I know we did run a little bit longer here, um, and there's only a limited amount of time. Maybe listen to this on that 1.5 uh, play speed so you can get through it a little bit quicker but please give us some feedback and let us know if you'd rather have the short condensed version or if you like us digging a little bit deeper into these games absolutely well that's it guys um normally the person who's low in our uh, internal challenge is the one who takes it home but since we're all tied for first and all tied for last why don't we just break it up so i'll go ahead and start and say um, be sure to follow us on the Twitter machine at cbb underscore dfs yep and if you are looking for the absolute best written content about college basketball DFS so you need to come to cbb-dfs.com and get the best gifts and dad jokes also great great site yeah come for the content stay for the for the gift game because that's the best on earth no, that's that's no joke uh, also you know if you have a chance please rate us uh, on iTunes or leave a review on iTunes that'd be great we will read it uh, during the podcast. Uh, keep sending those notes when you've done well on those GPPs. Uh, we love seeing the fireballs and the and the big caches, so keep those coming. Uh, Bucketheads, we really enjoy doing this. Uh, we appreciate all your support, and let's let's just win a crap load of money on Saturday. Yeah, everyone has a big Saturday. Let's get this. Mm-hmm.